heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry, from helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more. The reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Tuesday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, and today we are joined by candidate for the Libertarian Party Chair role, Tony D. Or D. Oh, I, I already messed it up. Tony DeRazio. There we go. Yeah, all it takes is three times, Tony, for me to go ahead and get your name right. After we just went through it there at the beginning of the show, it's not like uh, we just spent, you know, 15, 20 seconds. But what happens here is, of course, we're, we're, we're recording and then my brain turns off. So, Tony, I apologize. Thank you, though, for joining us the show today. How are you? Brian, thanks for having me. And don't worry about butchering my name. Everybody trips over the apostrophe. I blame my grandfather. It well, it catches you off guard after the first letter. Um, but hey, no, no, thank you, Tony, for for not only joining us on the show and also dealing with my mispronunciations of your name, but also thank you for yes, fighting the good fight and you're taking a step. And we talk about this all the time. You have to be the change you want to see in the world. And we see right now the Libertarian Party is kind of eh, aimlessly floating, looking for some sense of direction. And uh, you are one of the two leading candidates right now who are trying to help right the ship and point us towards that direction. So you are seeking the role of chair for the Libertarian Party. So Tony, first off, let's introduce yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. And let's let's ask the question, why? Why are you running for Libertarian Party chair? Um, well, I am uh, Tony DeRazio. I was the uh, chair uh, of the New York Party. Um, I'm currently the first vice chair of the party. I've been serving in party leadership in New York um, at the state and county level for five years um, or so. It's probably been actually more than that, but we'll call it five. Um, Why am I running for this? Um, 
because I hate my, no, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding because I love this party. Yeah. And I always crash people up. I love this party. I always have, I've been a libertarian for a quarter of a century. I'm that old. Um, and we're at a point right now where America is looking for a third party um, because more than half of Americans don't identify with the, uh, the classic parties, as I like to call them. Um, they're looking for something new, something that represents their, their ideals. Um, and we need to show Americans, we need to sell Americans on our libertarian principles and put them in front. Um, we need to support candidates and win elections. Um, those of us who are inside um, in, inside the, the uh, libertarian beltway, as you will, um, know that there, there are some fairly significant fissures in the party. Um, and we need to heal some of those uh, and grow the party and set the party up to, to grow even bigger because we're a lot smaller than the big two, um, but we're expected to compete on the same stage. The good news is that these are all things I've done in New York. So um, hopefully I can bring them to the national stage. So let's let's talk about that. And I think the two areas you, you dug into, and I wrote them down, sell liberty, which we're familiar with, um, and support, supporting candidates. Uh, those two areas, I think, you know, the audience listening, nodding their heads in agreement. Yes, those are areas we absolutely need to focus on. But has that not been the... I guess the, the, the focus for a lot of candidates for, you know, let's say the past few decades is to try and, you know, get more people to, to be libertarians or at least maybe start to question the way things have been. Um, and then to also have candidates we can actually go ahead and support. And we've been getting more and more candidates. But I guess what's what's the Tony DeRazio approach to helping sell more liberty to folks, but also to support more of those candidates as we're out there selling? So, um <clears throat> The national chair gets a nice, um, large national platform. Um, actually, let me get to, let me put that aside for a minute. Let's start with let's start with actually selling liberty. Um, we have as a party a beautiful national platform. It is remarkably simple. Um, if you look through each of the planks of our platform, they they all speak in relatively broad terms about really great principles. Um, we have the best platform. Um, stealing a page out of Trump's book for that. We had the best and the bigliest um, platform. But um, the reality is that we do, and it's been consistent with some changes. There have certainly been changes. I'm not saying it's been stagnant, but it has been consistent for 50 years. Uh, whereas the platforms that we're competing with really follow the candidates around. We're, we're a principles-based party uh, whose primary job is to run candidates and win elections, but whereas the Democrats and Republicans just have to say, I'm left, I'm right, um, we have to actually educate people on what liberty actually is from somebody coming from the left and somebody coming from the right. So let's dumb it down. Let's trot out our platform plank by plank and use that in a marketing campaign. Let's use each plank as a, as a folks-directed marketing campaign to somebody who might have traditionally aligned with the Democrats, but really doesn't align with them, or somebody who is traditionally aligned with the Republicans and doesn't really align with them. Focus on what's important to the voters, and the voters will come. I, I call that throwing the doors of the tent wide open. Um, I talked about supporting candidates and, and, and winning elections, um, and 
a lot of that work is done at the state level and at the local level. And it should be um, because I, as national chair, do not care who who wins dog catcher in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Um, I do care if it's a libertarian, and I'm certainly going to use the national platform to loudly announce our victories. We haven't done the greatest job of declaring victory um, on, a, on a national level. We did a relatively good job this past November. In, in years past, we haven't done as good, good a job, and I applaud what we've, the gains we've made in this so far. The National Party can do more. Um, we've seen the Frontier Project, for example, which which brought good, well-funded um, libertarian candidates out west um, to, to to Wyoming and the Dakotas. Um, that's the type of thing that we need to bring nationwide, and not in the not in Wyoming, where where you're basically born libertarian by default because it's the Wild West. But we need projects like that that are well-funded and have coordinated efforts and and coordinated volunteers working as a team in states where liberty does not usually rule, like California and New York. Um, this is something that – that's one thing that a state party can't really usually do because they're not as well-funded as the national party. The national party does have some capital behind it. Um, and, of course, it's very difficult to – fund everything, uh, but focusing on where we can actually build liberty, where liberty is failing, where there are candidates who really would gain traction with a little bit of capital and a little bit of support behind them. That's really where I think the party can start to shine. I, you, you mentioned one thing, Tony, and I, I've been writing notes here very religiously as you're going through. And one of the things that, that piqued my interest, and I want maybe if you could tell me a little bit more, is how there's the importance on trying to reach these new voters. And I think maybe this has been some of the, the, I'll say problem. It's been maybe where we've seen a lot of the division is number one, who are those voters? But number two, in what way can we reach them without pandering? If, if that makes sense. So who would you say, yeah, I guess who, who would you say are the target market voters that we should be reaching out to? And I guess, what would you say are the top, let's say three issues that we can align with that they are focusing on as top of mind issues. Fair enough. Um, the, the great questions. Uh, well, first of all, um, there are two major targets um, for voters who could see the Libertarian Party as a home. The first are voters who are not affiliated with any party. That is the fastest. You hear statistics that the fastest growing party in the United States is the Libertarian Party, and we're the only one that's growing. The reality is, is that the fastest growing segment of voters are ones who are not aligned with any party. And those are the ones that are the toughest to market to and the toughest to pigeonhole. Um, because that's a really broad category, right? There are people who um, in that category who are very much centrist, who might say, I'm left on this issue and right on this issue. Um, there are people in, in that category who um, would say, the Republican Party isn't far right enough. We need to go farther. The, the, the Democrats aren't left enough. We need to go farther. We'll let the Greens have them. Um, that's fine. 
the way that we market to anybody who might be interested in liberty in that, in that category is just make them the great libertarian offer to, um, to quote Harry Brown. And that was the title of one of his books. Um, we've made great inroads when talking about the economy and, and economic issues, specifically taxation. Um, not sitting around screaming, taxation is theft, because that's just a big turnoff to most people, but actually talking about taxation as an institution and making a little bit of a deeper dive on a, on a principles-based um, argument as opposed to just screaming out a bumper, bumper sticker phrase. Um, more and more, younger voters especially are getting are interested in foreign policy. Um, specifically, the fact that... Um, the United States likes to butt its nose into every regime change around the world. Um, we've seen it now in the Ukraine um, uh, most um, recently, but but it happens all the time. And there's the ones that you see in the news and the ones you don't. There, there, it, 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 we've been doing this for decades. We've been doing it all over the globe. Decades. We've been doing it for centuries. Um, and we've been doing it all over the globe. Uh, we are coming up to a generation um, who are really starting to, once again, and maybe for the first time since the 60s, um, maybe not. I would like to say I was part of a generation that, that did this, but really started pushing against the uh, the draft, the selective service, um, really started looking at their own mortality and, and don't really want to go to um, Kiev or, or, or wherever to um, fight for a regime change that they don't believe in and really we should have no um, part of. A third um, major topic is uh, criminal justice, and that's a very broad topic because that can include racial injustice um, in, in law enforcement, which some people really feel very strongly about. It could include um, victimless crimes and what should and shouldn't should be done shouldn't be done about them. Specifically, the war on drugs, which is something that has um, started to really bubble up to the forefront. The war, the war on um, uh, marijuana, the whole reefer madness war is starting to die down because more and more states are starting to legalize or decriminalize. Um, but what to do with those who have been incarcerated for that, that's a huge issue. Um, there are many ways to come at um, each one of these issues, many angles, but um, those are three issues. I would say criminal justice reform, uh, foreign policy, specifically our, our participation in regime change wars, and the economy, specifically taxation. So, Tony, one of the main critiques and the, the main issues that we saw raised up over the past few years when it comes to messaging from the, the greater libertarian national um, mouthpiece, whatever it may be, you know, the Twitter account, the, uh, the, the, the PR that's being put out in emails or what have you, was an overt lack of understanding how to focus on what was, and I would dare say still is, probably one of the top issues of the day and that is the lockdowns um you know the way that yeah and i would i would just ask and i'm not maybe poking a little bit but i'm just curious because that wasn't one of the, the top three things you mentioned so i guess do you think that we've moved past that a little bit or is that something that you still think should be focused on number one but number two looking back to the messaging uh, over the past two years what was your thoughts on on how we did for messaging from the the lp national standpoint and what would you have done differently if if anything I'm glad you asked that question. So, I mean, when I when I came up with my, my three topics, I very specifically didn't put the mandates in. And 
I'm an optimist. <laughs> I would like to think that we are coming to the end of these. We're starting to see states um, shut them down, pull back on them. I think we're finally... I'm knocking on wood here because I'm going to be proven wrong tomorrow, probably. But um, I think we're finally turning a corner on it. That's not to say it's not an important issue. It's not to say that it shouldn't be messaged to, especially in states where it's a really big deal, like New York. More on that in a second. Um, national, and I understand, um, speaking to a national audience, not everybody in the country has experienced these lockdowns in the same way. We've seen the stark contrast between what Governor DeSantis is doing in Florida and what Governor Cuomo and now Governor Hochul are doing in, in New York, um, opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, my God, everybody needs to wear a mask and get and get at least 13 boosters. Um, and nobody needs to wear a mask and get 13 boosters, you know, so mandating in both directions. Um, and, and there's a lot of libertarians say, well, what's going on in Florida is better. I wouldn't disagree, first of all. But um, also, it's still a mandate and it's still telling businesses what they can and can't do. Um I think National was a little hesitant, played it a little too safe on the messaging. Um, when we finally started looking at vaccine passports um, about a year into this um, pandemic, um, National finally started taking this seriously. Okay, because now in addition to um, mandating medical procedures, uh, mandating masks, now they're mandating what you can and can't do with your data. So now we're talking about a data privacy um, problem on top of everything. And National put out a really, really good press release um, about the vaccine passports. Um, I say it's really, really good because I wrote it. Um, I originally wrote it for the New York party because we were the first party, we were the first state where an electronic vaccine passport, the Excelsior Pass, um, came out. And there were some serious data privacy issues with it. Um, shocking, I know, that the government might have data privacy issues with your data. Um, but they got better. Um, I, I think it was a learning curve on that. There, they, there are still some issues with, with the messaging out of the National Party. I know there was a fundraiser for um, a commercial that was um, that kind of fell a little short of expectations. Um, and there's still a lot of room to get better, and we need to speak up against government government mandates in general, not just about COVID-19. Uh, but I think from, from a COVID-19 standpoint, where we are reaching a point where society is, is saying, gone, gone from going, I'm going to die from this disease to, okay, now we got something that's going to happen seasonally and I have to worry about it. Let's move on and live our life. Um, we should have been doing that two years ago. We didn't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. I was I, I was letting you go off on that a little bit. I wanted to hear where your, your thoughts were because candidly and, and anybody who's been listening to the program now for the past two years knows I have been very vocal in my frustration in just the, the lack of effective messaging, especially from LP National on this issue. Um, and I think you started to address some of the reasons why, and I guess this now starts to fuel a couple more questions for you, and in your response, you mentioned 
it seems there was a lot of hesitancy, quote, some learning curves. And I guess that leads us to then say, well, why? Why are we at this point? We're the third largest political party. We're having these constant you know, struggles, these constant learning curves. What can we do differently? And this will turn towards the question, what will you do differently if you get elected chair? How about that? Yeah. Um, what would you do differently if, if you do have the chance to take over part of helping set the messaging, but also to help get rid of a lot of this, dare I say, unprofessionalism? Oh, you brought up a, one of my favorite words, and that's professionalism. Um, because you're right, a lot of a lot of messaging, especially in the past, it's getting better. Um, I, I don't want to I don't want to sit here slagging on nationals messaging because the people who are doing it now, they're the national messaging is improving because it's simplifying and starting to focus more on issues of the day and not trying to come up with a major um, messaging strategy. Um, one of the problems with um, national's messaging in the past has been that they haven't been very agile on it. Um, remember I said there's a learning curve, so they're taking in all the data and and holding off and waiting. And we're watching libertarians um, in the wild um, lose their minds in both directions. Um, why aren't we saying something about the mandates? Why aren't we saying something about masking? Why aren't we saying something about government schools? There are so many topics that people were up in arms about, and they weren't all the same topics, and not everybody had the same opinion. So coming out with a strong and simple message against mandates would have solved that problem early, as opposed to having a complete decision tree as to um, how messaging was, was going to be handled. Um when the vaccine passport was announced on a Tuesday, um, I wrote that thing on Tuesday night. And we released it Wednesday as the New York party, and then it got released to the national party on Thursday. I might have the days of the week wrong, but it was that quick. We saw a problem. We applied the libertarian principles to that problem. We addressed it, offered real libertarian solutions. Don't use that passport. <laughs> Don't put your data in a public cloud, especially your medical data, and released it. It can be just that simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be complicated, but <laughs> we libertarians inevitably will make things more complicated than we we have to, Tony. Um, and I guess this this then goes towards the um the 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 part that's been so frustrating for me, and that is that we have we have a group of liberty. I don't want to say just like sales minded folk, but I mean, if you look at where the conversation has changed and I, and I'm going to toot my own horn for a second because we really have been trying to help lead some of that because it really, we haven't been communicating our ideas that well. And you look at not only the people who have been taking that approach, but also the people who have been really having their, their ear more towards what's actually being discussed right now. And I look at the greater podcasting world because we have to react real time based on not just what our audience wants, but specifically based on those top of mind issues, usually of what's happening based on the, the events of the, the, you know, current events of the day, you know, the economic discussion of the day, whatever it may be, we have to be ready to adapt. So what will you bring to the, the LP national to help like we do in the, the podcasting world or in the sales world, be able to better adapt, be able to be more flexible. So we're not at a situation where we're a year into the pandemic, like last time, despite the learning curves, 
I mean, hey, it, I, thankfully, I, I hope, I'm saying this again, you were knocking on wood, wood, I'm knocking on wood. Hopefully, this is a once-in-a-lifetime kind of an event, but when, God forbid, the next terrible thing happens and government tries to usurp power it does not have, we need to be ready to, to have a definitive, not only just messaging, but also have it lined up, ready to roll, like, in a heartbeat, versus... Okay, we have to go and, and you know do our, our meta analysis and, and paralysis by analysis. That's inevitably what will happen. So, Tony, what will we do to help bypass that under your chairmanship? So, um, you come from the sales world. I come from the IT world. Um, believe it or not, um, IT leadership. Uh, and one of the things we we often have to do is remove waste from a process. Evaluate the process. Um, some of some from the manufacturing world might might be familiar with Six Sigma. There's a whole bunch of methodologies that are similar to that. But in general, look at the process. Where are the bottlenecks? Get them the hell out of the process. Just react. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs a little process or engineering. And if we can do that, we can be more agile. We can be a more professional organization who is reacting to news in real time. Um, there's, we we are a small party that is mostly run by volunteers, although we have a, a very good paid staff. Um, again, don't want to slag on any of their work, but because um, I know they work very hard. But we are a small organization, and it's going to be hard for us to hit every single news item that's coming at us on the on, on the on the ten o'clock news. But we can hit the major. We can hit the major big issues, especially as a national party, just by taking the waste and taking the over-analysis out of the process, leaning on our platform, which is pretty clear. Should the government? No. Just that simple. Just that simple. Tony DeRazio, unfortunately, we are already, I can't believe it, hard-pressed for time. I look at the clock and I just already... Ticks away. I know we're already there, but so what I want to do is I want to make sure I give you um, the, the the last word here for the show, but also I want to let, let you talk to the audience directly. What would you say as we're going towards the convention, which May is just around the corner, hard to imagine, but as we're getting towards there, I know there are different states that'll be meeting and, and different groups that will be coalescing and trying to figure out who to support. So what would be your, your final, shall we say, elevator pitch to those folks out there who are going to be making the decision in May of who our next chairperson should be? Well, I am, I am a proven uniter. I'm a proven professional communicator. I'm a proven leader. I have, I have been a proven supporter of candidates and a candidate, not so much proven because I didn't get elected, but I ran successful campaigns for myself. Um, I know what it takes to run a campaign. I know what it takes to support a candidate. I know what it takes to grow and communicate in the way that we need to grow and communicate as a libertarian party. Um, I know a lot of people um, are butting heads because they have different ideas on how to how to communicate, and I'm here to tell you there's a place for you in the party. There's a place I would love to work with any liberty-minded individual who wants to grow our party. So please come to Tony4Chair.com. That's Tony, the number four, chair.com, um, or visit me on Twitter um, at Tony4LP or um, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tony4LP. Um, 
see what I'm all about. Reach out to me, ask questions. I'm here to answer whatever you have. Um, and I appreciate your support. And Tony, we'll make it easy for the audience. We'll include all those links as well as your bio, your website in the show notes, folks. Yeah, just go to your artwork and you go to open your podcast app on your phone. Click the little artwork. It'll bring you right to the Brian Nichols Show website, including today's show page with all Tony's notes. But I'll do you one better. I'll also include the entire transcript from today's episode. So, uh, oh, and by the way, that'll also be there with all 430, I think, seven plus episodes there of the Brian Nichols Show. Yes. So, folks, if you enjoyed the episode, please do. Do me a favor, share today's episode specifically in the greater liberty world. We got to go ahead and make sure we know who our candidates are as they're going to go ahead and, and hopefully lead us to a more successful 2022. But with that being said, LP chair candidate, Tony DeRazio. Thanks for joining the Brian Nichols show. Brian, thank you for having me. This has been, this has been a blast. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.